Welcome to it. It's the Triple Play Podcast with Heard at Sports. Husker legend, um, MLB vet, and of course, uh, World Series champ, Jabba Chamberlain. Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. It is a snow day where we're all located in Lincoln, Nebraska. I, I have not seen uh, an at-at roll by for Star Wars fans, but but maybe, maybe in the next uh, 45 minutes to an hour while we tape this podcast. Fellas, how are we hanging? Elijah, I know you've already rocked uh, some shoveling. Jabba, are you all hunkered down, man, watching the uh, the snow blow outside? Yeah, just, uh, I mean, what, what do you do on a snow day? You shovel, you do everything, and you eat your face off because you're not really going to go do anything. So we were supposed to have basketball tonight, so obviously that's canceled. So there goes my plan. So it's probably trying to find a show to binge watch and, and see what I'm going to make for dinner. So... Yay or nay, Elijah, is your back hurt? Are you still in incredible shape where you did not just your driveway, but your neighbors? I mean, how, 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 uh, how, uh, how Boy Scout were you this afternoon? Uh, oh, uh, to let you know how Boy Scout I was before I went to bed last night, I was like, there's two inches down already. Let's save myself two inches in the morning and just shovel it out now before I go to bed, get myself nice and tight. This is after uh, a workout. And I was like, you know what? I've already gotten the, the sweat all worked up. Let's just knock this out now. The problem being that it was so windy here in Lincoln that it did not matter whatsoever. All the all the shoveling I did last night, it blew right back onto my driveway, right back onto my sidewalk. It was starting from, from square one uh, today. But I got it all taken care of. The one thing I will say is it's for people who aren't around here, Lincoln, Nebraska, it is cold as a witch tit out there. It is absolutely brutal. Windshield of like negative 15. No, it's minus Something 20 like right now. Yeah, it is brutally cold out there. The one positive being the snow, whenever it's cold, if you're in a warm weather spot, you might not know this. Whenever it's really, really cold, the snow is dry, light, and fluffy. So it wasn't actually awful. I, I've had much heavier snowstorms. That being said, the cold was the, was the bigger deterrent this morning than the, than the snow. Yeah, and we so, can always use the extra two inches, though. I mean, <laughs> every single one of us. <laughs> every single one of us could always use an extra two. I don't care. I could use know. an extra three or four, if I'm being honest. You know, we're, we're going to change subjects. Uh, so, so show and tell doesn't happen. <laughs> but, uh, no, we – Jabba, you hit on something, and we've, we've talked ballpark food before, but – you know, what's what's the go to? Uh, I mean, I, I'm thinking pot roast sounds incredible. Uh, tacos, always uh, a killer choice. Now, I'm picky with the taco, meaning you I need to put oil in a in a pan and, and I need to, to fluff up the, the shell, not hard shell, but kind of a mixture. Grandpa Hunt's old trick on the barge fishing all those years. That's what he did. Elijah, you've got your uh, your, your protein bowl you're, you're rocking. Uh, uh, I call it human dog food, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. All right. So what's in the human dog food? Yeah, that, that's interesting. I don't know if I've heard that one before. So I, I call it human dog food, not because of the ingredients, but it's like similar to dog food. There's a lot of other things I would rather eat than this. Like dog food, like dogs always want human food. They don't want to eat their dog food, their kibble. What are you trying but to it's, it, yourself though? Like what? It's got, it's got all their nutrients though. So dog food, what's what's convenient about it is it's got all the nutrients they need. It's going to keep them healthy. That's what this meal is to me. It's rice, black beans, some steamed vegetables, uh, a lot of ground beef. 
and then two eggs on top. I do this, the eggs sunny side up and I chop them all up in there to get the egg yolks in there. So it gets me a lot of protein, gets uh, essentially the carbs that I need for the day, uh, gets me some of the, the greenery with the vegetables. It's everything I need. Is there better meals I could eat? Yes, absolutely. It's not the best thing I've ever had in my life. But to, to lay it out for you, it's been a year where I've been essentially doing meal prepping. So in the spring of 2023, it was uh, low calorie, low carb, high protein, try to do it that way. So I didn't do the, the, the ground beef I did with chicken, but then in the fall, it's been bulking. So I've, I've been throwing the calories out the window and just trying to get a, as much protein as possible. And uh, what? that's been my, my solution for the last like three, four months is this human dog. But on a snow day, nobody wants human dog food. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to put a delivery driver through hell tonight. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a certified triple platinum member on DoorDash. So um, I don't even I don't think there's any drivers out anyways. But what are, what are you, Elijah, what are you doing this for? You're talking about bulking and cutting like. What are you getting ready for, like a show or something? Like, what are we talking about here? Elijah's getting into MMA. I think. No, that's not true. That's no. not, it's just for general health, well-being. Give me something to do, and and in health and well-being, just like it's a combination of phys- physical health and mental health. Get me out of the house. Get me into the gym. Give me some goals to work towards. And then at the end of the day, if I have a a, a rocking body, whenever I finally get accepted to be on Survivor, like that's just a win. Well, keep working, I guess. Shit, I'll I'll enjoy. Everything else for you. Sorry. What are you doing tonight, John? Um, I'm going to watch uh, wrestling. Um, and can we talk? Mm. Uh, obviously, we have fans everywhere listening to this. But for our Nebraska fans, can we talk about Nash? At Let's First do it. Second? Yeah, yeah, sure. Right. Let's do Nash. Come in to do what he's doing. Obviously, his his pedigree is shown coming in. But also, can we touch on, is his dad human? Like, <laughs> Mr. 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 Polar Bears always been super gracious and a good dude great wow. family but yeah he's he's a he's a monster good night when they did that little little piece on him and then he showed up i was like damn i didn't know thanos was real <laughs> <laughs> that's right i wonder that's how funny. long he's been eating human dog food for that, that's what i'm trying to look like yeah well keep going because you ain't <laughs> never gonna get there son <laughs> good night but we love you anyway yeah we'll take you for what you are but yeah, no, just gonna. I'm gonna watch that. It's on Big Ten and uh, watch Iowa versus Nebraska, and you know, it just gives us, you know, obviously, just you know, a different different dynamic. Because you know, it's everybody's usually volleyball, basketball, football, but uh, you know, people forget our wrestling team has been been top ten in the country for a long, long time, and and Coach Manning does a great job with that. So uh, just looking forward to that. And then other than that, probably gonna make some tacos and. Um, just enjoy the the nice peaceful. I wish we were supposed to play North Star tonight, but um, obviously that's not happening. So I think we were supposed to do uh, North Star Southwest tonight, but uh, on the radio over on KFOR. But yay or nay on the black olives? What do you put on your taco? Ooh, I'm a I'm a I'm a nay on the olives. I go. Have you tried them? Have you tried the black yes, olives? And I do. I do love olives. I love black olives. I don't like green olives. Yeah, well, black olives only on your taco. Yes. Nah, see, not on my taco. I go typical, normal, and I'll throw some jala, slice some jalapenos on there. Good work. And you know, dice up some tomatoes, lettuce, tomato, onion, black olives. No cheese. Oh, you're a no cheese guy. I don't. I don't. I will. I will not eat it. I like cheese, but I don't have to have it on my taco. 
a real a real like street taco doesn't have cheese yeah uh, so that's I, I'm with Kitty on this, and I, I like my tacos like the street tacos. Like if I'm going to be making tacos at home, I can do it with ground beef, like taco meat. Keep it simple, but then I need to have the onion, cilantro, and lime yes. right over the top, and then a little bit of salsa verde if I have some. Ooh. Yeah, the green salsa. I do like I do like, I do like a pickled a pickled onion on it. Oh, that's yes. a good call. A pickled onion on like a good street taco. Oh, it's a spot every time. So, so I went down to the spot. I was recently down in Arizona over New Year's. Uh, I went to this spot yeah. called called Taco Boys. No free shout outs, but Taco Boys was fantastic. Never heard of it before. Just like a small chain down in Arizona from what I was told. I could be wrong here. Um, but the best part about it was it wasn't like you go to street taco and they, they put the toppings on it. It was just they give you the tortillas. They give you the meat inside. And then they have a, a, a toppings bar. So you go put whatever toppings you want on there. So they had like the onions and cilantro. They had like these uh, little mini key limes you could squeeze over the top. Uh, they had pickled onions. It was fantastic. One of the better setups. I, I didn't realize how much I needed a, a condiments bar for my tacos until I went down there. Like for being just a, like a, a little mini chain hole in the wall spot, Taco Boys was one of the best spots down there. And and that was a, a new experience to be able to get five tacos and go different our co- toppings on every single one of them. Ooh. Mexican beer, margarita, or on the rocks slash blended, flavored or original. If we're doing the full snow day Mexican celebration where, well, we were not on a beach. We wish we were. I'm going to go a Modelo, actually. Amen. Yes. With a lime. With a lime. Yes. Got to. Yes. Uh, give me the, uh, the the dark Modelo. That's. Ooh. It's, I mean, good. you're feeling saucy there. Th- those are like, those are heavy though. So that's they're very heavy. Yes. Yeah. You can only have a couple. <laughs> Elijah. You've obviously, obviously got to have a shot of tequila too. I mean, yes. Got to. Sure. See, my, my, my problem with the margarita, and I like a good margarita. Don't get me wrong. Well, tequila I, or no? No. Hell no. <laughs> I'm too hard to have well tequila. You kidding me? Oh, no. <laughs> That means, I just thought I'd ask. Get yourself a nice tequila. All you, it's just like a splash of soda water on the top, and that's just that's a drink now. You can have that with a lime. Ooh, yeah. And I I prefer that honestly to a margarita. Just like a, a shot of nice tequila with a little soda water, a lime. My problem with the margaritas they're so sugary. I always either go to bed with heartburn or wake up with heartburn. We've never had heartburn, so I don't. know. Oh, you're I I got a, a loose stomach sphincter, so it's it's just always it's always killing me. That's the only uh, but, you have or what? I would hope so. Crossing <laughs> my fingers. I've, oh, I haven't God. tested it. Um, I will say, though, another not free shout out, but for our people in Lincoln, I Tipsy Tina's does it for me with their tacos. They have good ones. They, they do it for me. I've got a place I will not freely shout out, not far from you and I, Jabba, but they're shrimp tacos. Undefeated. Know, know what you're talking about. Yep, yep. So... We're going to keep the food theme going for two seconds, and then we'll shift over to some free agency hit on Jordan Hicks and uh, and Oscar Hernandez and some of the, the baseball news and notes. But So, Jabba, if you could pick a teammate that you've played with, you're, you, uh, you know, who is the, the, uh, the human garbage can you know? Like, who could put the most food away and it never phased his ability? Oh man, I, that's that's a tough one because there's a I played with a lot of dudes. Do you have a Do you have a top three, top four? Um, yeah, and then surprisingly, it's not like the ones you. It's usually the smallest dudes that just absolutely do Crush. damage. Yeah. I mean, it's I would say 
one that really surprised me, and it's a really cool story because I played with, they were brothers, Austin and Andrew Romine. Mm-hmm. And I actually was, I saw both of their first ever home runs in the big leagues. And um, played with Austin in New York and then played with Andrew in um, in Detroit. We went to Fogo de Chao in mm-hmm. Minnesota. <laughs> and... I'm literally in a straight food coma. Everybody's done. And Andrew Romine continues to just shovel it. And he's 5'11", a buck 70, just shredded wheat. And he <laughs> continued to just absolutely go to work. Like it was, it was one of the more impressive things that I've seen. Like there's, I mean, a bunch of guys can eat, but like it was always the little dudes that you were just like, like, where is this going? Like, do, do you have a hole somewhere? You have a tapeworm? I don't get it. But, yeah, they, I mean, they they can put a hurting on something. And especially when they're not paying, because usually when I was taking everybody out, I was the one paying. Um, so, yeah, they, they my Amex got a, got hurt a few times. Let's just put it that way. Hey, don't don't sleep on the the linemen and their ability to put away food. We were talking Nash Hutmacher briefly. He dropped 45 pounds in a month. He said what he did was he cut out sugary drinks first off. But then the second thing he did was he, he reduced his portion sizes. Like, for example, he was eating eight eggs every single morning for breakfast. That was his breakfast. Eight eggs. Like, like think about that. Like, on one hand, like, when you just say eight eggs, you say, okay, eight eggs. Go try to have four eggs. Go eat four eggs at any point in time and tell me that's not a lot. Now double that. That is a ridiculous amount of food. And Like, another example – uh, played back in high school with a guy named Bryson Williams. He went off to Wisconsin, was a, was a nose guard, big dude. I have never, ever in my life seen somebody crush $8 cheeseburgers in a 30-minute lunch period like Bryson Williams did. It was unreal. He'd go to Burger King. They had this thing called the Rodeo Burger. Fantastic. Yeah. So there was a burger, an onion ring, barbecue <laughs> sauce. He would get eight of those for like $8 and change. Rest in peace to $1 burgers every, everywhere at all the fast food joints, like a buck 50 or two bucks now. So rest in peace to that. But he would go get eight of these things for like eight fifty and crush them all in like 15 minutes. It was the most ridiculous eating performance I have ever seen in my life. And like he did it like it was nothing. That was just lunch for him. Like not just like once, consistently. He'd go to Burger King, go get himself eight rodeo burgers. So shout out to Bryson, like football <laughs> lineman. They, they can put it down too. You know, yeah. could you imagine though, like Schmitty? Imagine if you're that rookie and you have to pay the tab for every one of those big monsters eating, and like you see them, it's like forty, forty-five thousand dollars, and you're just like the, the the TikToks and all the other stuff are hilarious when they're like, I have to pay for this, like. I never got stuck with that. So I, I mean, I had, okay. to carry, I had to carry a pink backpack. That's all I had to do. See that, that is, you're like still high-fiving because of, of that decision. And you know, it's the old Sopranos episode, shout out Sopranos 25th anniversary yesterday when the show started. And I always got a kick out of Christopher Moltisante, you know, when he got made, he, uh, he had to pick up the tab for, for the crew. So they were just hammering him and he went and whined to Tony Soprano about, you know, I mean, these, you know, Uncle Paulie's ordering lobster for five tables and Chris Stahl and all this stuff. And and then Tony's like, quit your bitching. I had to, uh, what was the uh, Benny Hanna or whatever it was yeah. back in the day? I had to, those guys killed me. Peter Lugers. I mean, 
so he didn't oh, want to hear it. But I, Peter Luger's, oh, dad, dad would take us when we go on a baseball trip. My dad would take my brother and I and my mom. Uh, if we go to Chicago or we go to Kansas City, those were kind of the two baseball spots we hit. And, you know, one of the last trips we took before Uncle Mark went off to college was was Chicago. So we hit Harry Carey's and then we went to Ruth's Chris. And he's like, you guys are going to mm-hmm. love this. And we totally did. But uh, to your point about, you know, the, 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 the rookie expectation, 45G. Um, is is nuts you see the nfl rookies have to pick up the bar tab what's what's the worst you got hit and it's it is 50k the worst you saw or what's the what's the largest dinner expense you've been a part of um a buddy's bachelor party slash steakhouse slash strip club okay um it was when i was at i was in cleveland okay and the Royals were actually in town. So I had just got my world series ring from 15. Okay. And so we're like, obviously we're going out. Right. And (laughs) I had some, I had some buddies in town and they were playing golf. And so it it was, he was getting married. So it was kind of a pseudo bachelor party. They stayed at the house. They did whatever. And so it was about 38,000 later. Um, they had to, they had to re-rack the floor about four times and, and recycle the money because they didn't have enough as we kept ordering. And my credit card was on fire. Um, <laughs> Jeez. I mean, we, we ordered everything under the sun from steaks to pizza, to chicken fingers to, I mean, you name it, we had it. And, uh, so yeah. And then let's just say the party didn't stop. Um, when they closed it, uh, it continued to carry over. So we, uh, we had a good time and uh it was it was a very successful bachelor party <laughs> the the uh the club um largest tip you've seen someone throw down on stage oh boy like at one time sure yeah did i mean just did someone just roll up and go Oh yeah, I'm pretty good with, at with, that. I'm sure you guys have seen the the John Morant video from last year where he's in the the strip club in Denver, and it, the floor just looks like it's. It, I'm sure it wasn't ones. It looked like it was ones, but it was like probably Walter ten White's or 50s, But it's just like the facility. entire floor just covered in this private room that that John Morant had for him and his buddies. That was like one of those things where I went, "There's money, then there's money." Yeah, no, it was it was literally we were all, we were all in there and we were in our own room. And literally at that point, like it got to the point where I wanted more once. And they're like, we legitimately don't have any. So they called like an audible 30 second timeout and they started sweeping it up, making change, counting it, <laughs> no, counting it, bundling it back up and then bringing it back out when we wanted more money. And they, they would come out like serving it on a dish. They'd be like, hey, here you go. <laughs> so at, at one time, I don't know. I mean, probably 10 grand, probably. Okay. Okay. That's yeah, a party. That's a freaking it, party. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was something. And, and they got up. This is the crazy part. We got back and got home and then had after hours i went to bed at about five they had a tea time at like 8 a.m they all made it good for well golf golf's its own animal with no matter how late you've been out you still get up for the tea time they birdied the first two holes 
and then passed out. I, <laughs> and I, sobered up. <laughs> I woke up at like one o'clock. I didn't have to be in the field till four. And they called and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I just woke up. I go, where are you guys? They're like, oh, we're just finishing up. I go, you guys actually made it? Because the house was silent. I just thought everybody was still passed out. And they were all upstairs and then one was downstairs and my bedroom was on the main floor. So I was in the kitchen just getting water. <laughs> and I was like, they're still all sleeping. So like, I just went in the room, watched TV. And then they called me. They're like, we're stopping at Wendy's. What do you want? They ordered $65 worth of Wendy's and came back. And it was literally like, I went into the training room. And I'm like, hey, I got four buddies that look like death. Put me a concoction together that makes them look human again. So they put all the, these hydration stuff and everything. And by the time the game was over and they were, they looked like humans. They're like, it was weird because we didn't know we were taken, but we knew it was safe. And then they were like, we were a little worried when I went to the bathroom and it literally looked like a highlighter and I could have lit up anything. And I was like, Hey, you guys feel better. They're like, yeah. I also thought I lost my world series ring that night. I thought one of them stole it. I hit it yeah. for myself. I hit it. I hit it. Cause I just got it that night. I them it. being them, them not being your friends, them being the no. entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> but I get it for myself, and but I found it the next day. So we're good. Yeah, your, your training room story just reminds me of that that Gronkowski story. You guys heard that? Where back in his days with the Patriots, when he got done with a night of clubbing, instead of going home, he'd just go straight to the Patriots facility at like four in the morning and pass out on one of the training tables. And then the trainers would get in there at like five or six in the morning, and they'd put an IV in his arm uh, without waking him up and get him all hydrated. And he'd like wake up at. 8, 9 a.m. right before practice and just be all set to go because he'd had a, an IV drip of, of hydration in his arm for the past hour and a half by the time he wakes up. That was like the best Gronk story I'd ever heard from his time with the Patriots. Oh, wait, wait. We'll get we'll get Rob on the show and we'll talk about the talk about our house party that we had. And that'll that'll top it. Trust me. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm anxious for that. Triple play podcast with her at sports. Husker standout World Series champ. You just saw the ring flash. Jabba Chamberlain, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, as uh, it is a snow day in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, we're uh, indoors, thank the good Lord. And uh, we're kind of diving into the food choices for a snow day that's turned into teammates and then that's turned into bar bills <laughs> slash restaurants. Uh, teammates and, and who had to pick up the tab. Let's get to some free agency here, guys, as we're about halfway home. Jordan Hicks, Jabba, uh, San Francisco, Inc. and him, four years, $44 million, and they're charged to him, shift him from the bullpen to a starter, six foot two. They love his frame. And you look at his history here as uh, Hicks went from St. Louis uh, to Toronto at the trade deadline. He was like the guy. Uh, that the teams really went after last year's trade deadline, a real priority. Well, he gets paid by San Fran, and they want him as uh, as one of their starters. Pretty uh, unique position you can speak about with that transition piece. And, and what do you think of the addition of Hicks? Oh, I think it's huge. Um, I think, obviously, somebody that's been in that position before, I, Jordan's been in the league long enough where he has a say of of kind of what he wants to do. It, personally, if it's me, I, I don't I don't touch him. I, I let him go and I'm looking up stats on him. And just with the amount of movement and the things that he does, he he 
he has to harness that a little bit as a starter. And I mean, if you look at his numbers when he started, they're obviously not as good. And, you know, everybody that that's going to watch this and listen to this is it's going to kind of be the same aspect of me as well. And so I think you let him just go be him and, and let him close. I mean, that's the same thing that I think the Cubs are going to have to figure out with Shodai Manga and what he's going to do. Um, but I, I just, it, they have, they have the fallback obviously in the aspect, if they do start him and it doesn't go well, they have the option of moving him to the pen. Um, I just, I think he's more effective out of the pen and, and it's obviously shown and it, cause he's done both. Um, and you know, now it's okay. Is he going to get, is he going to get 140 innings? Is he going to get 150 innings? Like, how are you going to manage that? And are you just going to let him go? He's starting every five days and you go from there. So, you know, that, that therein lies going back to um, the Cubs and what are they going to do? Are they going to continue? Are they going to have a six man rotation for him? Because they pitch every six days in Japan, pitch every five days here. So, I mean, obviously he, he started against us in the um, WBC final and he pitched two innings. He pitched, Six innings, had seven punch outs, no walks. Um, he actually led the league over Yamamoto in strikeouts. So, I mean, he has that potential, but that's where with Hicks too, it's like he has the ability to affect the game three or four times a week instead of just once a week. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance that? And I just think – I think he's more effective – out of the pen just because his stuff is so good. I mean, you're, he literally threw a 103-mile-an-hour sinker that moved 18 inches. Like, first of all, it's not human. Um, and so when you he averaged the second behind Duran last year at 100-plus at miles an hour for fastballs, you can't sustain that as, as a starter. You just can't. So, I mean, I guess time will tell. I mean, you can call me an idiot and call me stupid, call me whatever you want. But obviously the proof is in the pudding and we'll see we'll see how it plays itself out. But if it doesn't work, they obviously have an option to, you know, put him in the back end of the bullpen and they know what they're gonna get. John, what's what's the difficulty of moving from starter to, to bullpen guy or, or vice versa that might not be talked about as much? Because I know you made that transition and the obvious is well, it's so different to go out and pitch seven innings as opposed to, to one or two. But are there any difficulties that that maybe the the casual baseball fan wouldn't know about? Uh, I think it's it's the routine. Like mine was obviously a little bit different than Jordan because Jordan's going into spring training, obviously knowing he's going to start. Um, but I think that's the biggest. And, and I try to I try to relate it to anybody. Like think about you know you go to work for six seven months. You have your routine. You get your coffee. You go to work. You have your routine, right? Then you go on vacation for ten days. And then trying to get back in that routine of, okay, well, shit, now sleep schedule is different. Now I got to get back on it. So I try to relate it in that aspect to where it gives people like the realization of how much a routine is important to your success, not only physically, but mentally of knowing, okay, you know, we have two shows a day. I've got to be in Omaha or, hey, we're doing a live, we're doing whatever. Or it's, hey, we have a meeting on Monday and Wednesday. And then you throw it off. I mean, not obviously for a bad reason, but so it's just trying to relate that to them and the understanding of like, it's all relative and it, and it, it all is the same 
aspect of where when it gets thrown off and it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It could, it's obviously you go on vacation with your family and next thing you know, it's like, damn, I got to go to work the next day or shit. Like, okay, let me get up, let me get going. And you're, you know, you're dragging ass and you're doing that. So I think it's the routine aspect of it, of having that, you know, regulatory, just knowing, okay, I'm going to pitch today. And then I go, boom, boom, boom. Like the day you pitch should be the easiest day you have. Your ass should be beaten those four other days. And then the day you pitch should be your easiest day. And so it's just those, those routines and, and that dynamic of knowing, okay, after this, no matter if I go seven, if I go four, you know what, I'm running for 45 the next day, I'm lifting and I'm getting ready to go four days later. So it's just the routine I would think is probably the biggest thing that, you know, everybody just, you know, they, they see the surface, they see the start. They don't see what goes into the start. And you talk about routine as my roommates walk in from, from outside. I'm not sure what they were doing out there, but my routine has been thrown off completely today because my roommate's a school teacher. School has been canceled in Lincoln. He's home. My other roommate's a plumber. He called in today. His, his van was not getting around to the snow very well. I've been thrown off completely. They walk in the door and I'm sitting on mute because they're being loud in the background. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's, it's a completely different podcast experience to have to worry about those two making noise in the background. No more combat just yet, Schmitty, though. No, I was going to ask, I mean, do you have your tire iron next to your chair to threaten them that you're, you're working here? Uh, you're working no, here. Uh, they know to be scared of me without a tire iron. Okay. Kidding. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a threatening individual in any way. Well, you've got a mustache <laughs> and a skull cap on. Um, <laughs> you look a little threatening to me. Job, just to reset this, Elijah's roommates, he laid out their stepbrothers. They're not named Dale and Brennan, but they were in their, their, their jammies playing Mortal Kombat at 8 a.m. Snow day one of this week, um, being loud and, and what, just talking smack to one another about well, their, it, it's, their it's, same it's, mother? It's mid mid twenties, like something guys reverting back to their middle school days. That's when they first met That's when, or their parents met, I should say. So like they got to each other back in middle school and they bonded via video games and mortal Kombat. So it's imagine like 25 year old dudes reverting back to their 12 year old version of themselves, because that's what it becomes. It is just, it, it becomes a bit of a mess whenever, uh, whenever mortal Kombat hops on the television, because they've been playing these same characters for years. They know everybody's move. It gets like, it gets raucous. Okay, well, let, well, let's caveat onto that. Favorite video game of all time? Um, for me gonna, personally, it's one of the FIFA games. I probably go back. FIFA 11 was like the one that really got me into to soccer in the first place. I have a special place in, that, in my heart for that game, but I think I've logged like something stupid, hundreds of hours on, on FIFA 16, I think it was. So FIFA 16 specifically is probably my, my most played video game of all time. Schmitty, you know that's we're old when he's talking about FIFA 2011 and 2006. I, I somewhere have my Jamal Lord 2002 college football, right? And I would bench Jamal and put our dear friend Garth Glissman in as our starting quarterback, but would run no option with Garth. Sorry, Garth. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I have to go Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball on Super Nintendo 64. Oh, Nintendo 64. Yeah, uh, I love baseball stars with the old, old school Nintendo. No, I was I RBI baseball. Yeah, that was great. Uh, the best thing on YouTube, arguably, is syncing up the 
moment of of Bill Buckner, 86 World Series Mets. They've got Scully's call, and then they've got the first baseman booting it. It's behind the bag, and then the Mets win it, and it, it actually happened in RBI baseball. Check that out on YouTube. It was pretty funny how they synced the call. Who uh, started that game for the Red Sox, Schmitty? <sighs> Calvin Schiraldi. Roger Clemens. Rocket was game six. Okay. Schiraldi was seven, I believe. Um, and then Oil Can was in at some point, wasn't he? Yeah, they acid or not, you never know. Yeah, I this was asking <laughs> Ken Griffey Jr. baseball. Uh baseball stars, Bill Walsh College football, Sega, Ooh. and then Mike Tyson's punch out. Those are my my four or five. Contra was pretty good too. I'd go RBI baseball. Griffey's definitely in there. Paperboy. Yeah, we had that. that was I was good. a huge paperboy fan. Hard to I get was, that game. I know, right? Yeah. And then I'll have to go Sonic, the original Sonic. Okay. On Sega. Okay. Yeah, you guys are old as hell, huh? <laughs> <laughs> FIFA 11, we're talking about like, I mean, we could go back to Atari and Pong. Yeah. We really we, we, well, as I say, we're going to throw Pitfall in there. Does that get some love? Galaga. Yeah. yeah See, so. my, my dad had his old Atari, like the original Atari. He kept it around. We, we got to play on it a bit as kids. It did not compare to a PlayStation 4. I'll just say that. No, abs- absolutely yeah, not. No shit. Duh. So, like, really? Uh, NCAA football 13 is another another great one that I like to throw in there. That was a that was a fantastic game as well. It's it's mostly like age 12 to 16. Elijah's when I was playing the most video games. So like we're talking 2012 up until 2016 is whenever I was really in my video game prime. So uh, all the Call of Duty games from back then too. Black Ops 2. Oh, my God. I, so many good games in that era. They, they just don't make games like they used to. Bill gotcha. Walsh College football. After the oh. bars, we'd come home and play that for <clears throat> some uh, some skittles. Guys, gonna get back to some of the free agent stuff, and we'll wrap with a little college basketball. Nebraska, Iowa, as we tape tonight, uh, big game, and the newest and latest bracket projection out by the Athletic, and some good news for Nebraska there. But job, I want you to take on uh, Stroman as uh, the Yanks adding him two years, $37 million, a third-year option for $18 million, and, and they want him in the rotation. You got Cole, you got Cole, you got Radone, you got Cortez, you have Cl- uh, Clark Schmidt, and then Stroman's what they're looking at. What do you like about Stroman's stuff? Um, I mean, it's – he's going to go – he's from New York. I mean, he, he – he I mean, if I'm being honest, I'm not a, I'm not a fan. Okay. I'm, I'm a fan as a pitcher, yes, he's – but – Personally, just not just not my cup of tea, but that's neither here nor there. But I mean, I think he settles in well as a three. I think, you know, he's obviously, you know, knows the culture and knows what it's about. It, it's just so funny on the shit that he said on Twitter X about the Yankees before. And then, you know, they weren't close. And then all of a sudden they are. They're trying to make a move. They're doing whatever. Obviously, there's going to be injuries. There are going to be some of those young guys in Mitchell and those guys come up that that are going to pitch. I think he settles in well at a three. Um, I think he goes out. I think some of the antics are, you know, probably going to either rub people the right way or the wrong way. Yeah, you, you know, you kind of, you know, it's one of those ones you see it from afar. You're like, oh, I hate this dude. Then he's on your team, and you're like, oh shit, I like it. So, sure. you know, it's it's to be seen on on how that's going to be. 
you know, his his 26 option is if he throws 140 innings. I think if he throws 140 plus innings, they're in a good situation because that means he stayed healthy and he's given them quality innings with with Rodon. You, you kind of he's a, he's kind of a wild card at it, too. You know what you're going to get out of Garrett. And, you know, Clark is obviously, you know, shown signs. And so obviously Nestor being an all star last year, um, I think, you know, they're in they're in a good spot. I mean, obviously, if we're we're on the Yankee subject, it, you know, they just settled with uh, with Soto for thirty one million this year, and and avoiding an arbitration hearing, which those are never fun. Um, so yeah, no, I think you know they've done things the right way. I think they need I think they need to get another bullpen arm. Um, I just I don't know what where they they see that going, but. You know, they they've made some moves and and I think they've they've kind of filled some holes that needed to be fixed. And and obviously Marcus has, has done a good job of of being on the field and making his starts. So, you know, there's been ties before when he's with the Blue Jays at the trade deadline and things like that. So, you know, this isn't the first of it. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. Like I said, it's you know, if you go out and perform, you can't say shit. You may not like the guy personally, but if he goes out and does his thing, then, you know, you just. Hugs and hand pounds. Java, how would you grade the the Yankees offseason thus far? Um, I mean, what are we grading it on? Are we grading it based upon what the Dodgers have done? Are we basing it on what uh what they needed? I, I think they've done a good job. Obviously, you know, with the Soto deal, I think was huge, obviously. And then adding Grisham to that part of the deal, I think is really huge for the outfield. Um, it, it's going to be, it's going to be clouded. I mean, it's interesting and I don't know how Booney and Brad Osmus in the front office are going to handle it, but it's like, do you go to Stanton and you basically like, Hey, you've got to earn your way back into this lineup because you know, it, it's, it's loaded out there and, and you have, I mean, Grisham obviously is a, plus plus defender can't hit water if you fell out of a boat sometimes. So, I mean, the bat is, that's a little bit of a struggle, but you have so much around him to protect him where I think that's not as big as a liability as it is. And then, you know, if you're getting the same thing and having to put Stanton in the outfield where he's going to, yeah, he's going to turn on one, but he's going to hit the same average that Grisham does, but Grisham's going to give you a better outfield above average. And so, I think they've they filled holes in the right spots and they have some young guys that that are, you know, set to to help in some capacity. Um, I would just like to see some bullpen help in that way. But, you know, filling in and, you know, going three, I mean, four deep because Nestor's obviously shown that, you know, he can do what he does. And then Clark, obviously, with the arm and, and the repertoire that he has. So, you know, I think it's they've done a good job. I would say they've done more than they've done in in the past. And I, I think that's a big thing of what they want to, um, what the fans and everybody wanted to see. So I, I think they've done a good job on that. Triple play podcast heard at sports, uh, baseball standout job at Chamberlain world series champ, standout Husker, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt can find, uh, our show and do so on YouTube. Check out the video portion that way, Spotify and iTunes where the audio, is posted at Trip Play Pod. It's where you follow on Twitter and X. 
we've hit a number of the, the free agent topics here, and you've got a handful of guys, Jabba, that this is the month where they uh, they may make a decision. Uh, Pete Alonzo got, got paid uh, by the Mets, and uh, that's good for him. Uh, you look at some other situations here on the, uh, the diamond, and uh, you've got Bellinger, Snell, Harder, are guys that are are pretty coveted and uh you know still in the mix with uh making some decisions uh take us into to your situation uh was it a combo of of another ring opportunity was it the zeros on the offer sheet how did you balance that um i think it's a little bit of both um obviously you know that a lot of things that people don't don't think about and you know i've come into counter with with a lot of teammates and, and guys that i've known across the league like what people don't understand there's certain places you sign where have advantages mm-hmm. and okay yeah you you're only going to get 10 million from florida but you're going to get 16 million from california in the long run you make you make more signing with florida Taxes, whatever team because of taxes and all that other. So there's, there's so much that comes into play. And at the end of the day, you want to win. Like it, it's, if, if you don't, I was listening to foul territory and Jonathan Papelbon and he was talking about Steven drew. And it's like, when you have a guy that's just, he's just in it for the money. That's it. it, it who cares if I win, if I not, you know, make 150 million, I take it to the house. Who cares? I don't need a world series. I don't need the memories. I don't need anything. So I think there's it, it all is based upon the individual. I mean, and and what what goes into it. And for me, it was it was not only winning and everything. It was like the accessibility that my son had to the clubhouse, yeah. and how he could be a part of it. Because as much as I'm a part of it, he's a part of it as well. And I want him. So there there's there's so many. Yeah, the zeros are nice. Don't get me wrong. They they are. And, you know, it makes you feel good, you know, when every two weeks you get a paycheck and there's six figures or seven figures on it. It's it doesn't suck. Right, uh, Elijah? <laughs> <laughs> that was a low blow. No, you know, I, I, Elijah gets a comma at least. Yeah. I, yeah. Thank, thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, now he gets a comma. <laughs> it's better than my four years of 950 an hour. I tell you that much. Brother, I don't want to hear it. I spent eight years at 650. All right. Yeah, that was in what 2004 though. 650 went a lot further in 2004 than 950 did in 2020. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. oh, it's all relative. It's all. It, relative. Is. it is all relative. So no. Meanwhile, I, meanwhile comma. Commas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I think I think it just everybody is different in, in what they what they see in in you know certain things, and I think it's it's just what you value. And, you know, I've played with a lot of guys that never won a World Series and Torrey Hunter that we had on our show. I can guarantee you he'd be like, I'd give you a hundred million right now. I had a chance to win a World Series to have that experience. So, you know, and you, you look at guys like Will Smith, three teams, three years, three rings. And it's just it, it happens. And so, you know, it's there's nothing like winning a World Series. I can say that there's nothing like winning a championship and. You know, I think it's there. There's just so many aspects of a contract and living situation and, you know, travel to family and, you know, how accessible is it? And, 
there's just so much that goes into it that people don't really realize because all they see is the numbers when they don't see the travel aspect because nine times out of 10, your family's not traveling with you every, because they're in school, they're doing their own thing. And so there's, there's just so many factors that go into it of, of choosing what is, what is right and is right the best fit. And that's sometimes that's a, that's a hard, a hard balance between the both. It's Jabba Chamberlain, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, triple play podcast. Let's hit basketball. That was the moment this week where Nebraska took down top seed Purdue. We'll get off the diamond to the hardwood for a moment. Nebraska right now, fellas, uh, they have Iowa tonight in basketball on the road in Iowa City. The Athletic has Nebraska. A week ago, they were the 12-seed play-in game, I think, against Florida. Now they're up to an eight-seed in the West region against Grand Canyon University, the 8-9 matchup. And uh, if all things go to form here, uh, Nebraska keeps doing what they're doing, uh, and they get that elusive first win in the NCAA tournament. Top seed Arizona waits for them. At uh, it's in Salt Lake, so book accordingly. Uh, we'll go uh, find our way out to to uh, to Salt Lake. But eight seed grab you. Uh, are, are you a believer, as Coach Prime would say, right now in Nebraska basketball, or have you got your four wheeler out and ran to the sports book to put heat on Iowa tonight? <laughs> I, what's, really, what's really interesting, Schmitty, is if it is an eight seed for Nebraska, as Bella barks in the background, gotta love dogs. Uh, well, give me one second, actually, Jabba. You, you can make your point. No, I would. I would say it's obviously that's a an absolutely huge win no, in, in what we did, and obviously, I think the coolest thing, obviously, other than almost going coast to coast, leading the entire game and doing it in great fashion um, was seeing Matt Rule and Trev Alberts storm the court. That was absolutely fantastic. And do I buy it? Not yet. I think the shoes on the foot, it's just not tied yet. Gotcha. And because we've seen it, we go play great against one team and then lay an egg against another that we should be competitive with. And we're getting four and a half tonight as of right now. Mm-hmm. Purdue is only favored seven and a half, and Carter called it. I literally, I sent it to Carter, and he has a weird intuition. He was like, upset, upset coming. And I go, you're full of shit. He goes, I know. But I was like, literally, after the game, like, literally, he texted me as soon as the game was over. And I was like, you were right. I mean, you called it. And so – like I said, the shoes on the foot, I don't know if I'm tying it yet. One thing that's interesting here is if Nebraska does get an eight seed, you know who's hosting a, an eight, nine seed game this year? Omaha, Nebraska. It'd be interesting. Nebraska, potentially, if they're playing in that eight, nine seed category, what's brutal is you have to go play a, a number one seed likely in your, your second game. But if you are in that eight, nine spot, there's potential for Nebraska to get their first tournament win in Omaha. Well, how about how about even more brutality? Great, you stay home, but what if it's an eight-nine matchup between Nebraska and Creighton, the sequel? <laughs> and that's very possible. We'll see where they go with it, but I I think that'd be incredible. I'm I'm with you. 
I think Nebraska's got enough on their schedule to to handle in a good way. I think they they can do it. Uh, I I don't think they go two and zero before Northwestern comes to town. I think they they probably split either in Iowa City or Rutgers. Rutgers a much tougher place to to go win at. That's later uh, on the schedule here next week, but. No, I mean it's it's there for them tonight. They just got to come out with that that Indiana slash Michigan State slash Purdue intensity defensively, where they've got the active hands. Uh, Wisconsin uh, made Nebraska look uh, bubbleish or worse last weekend. Wisconsin's right. a two seed in most projections, so I think whiskey's that good. Uh, Nebraska's defense though didn't travel to Madison. They at least got it back. This team can respond, fellas, when they don't do what they're supposed to do the following game. That's what you like about them. Um, I I think they've been grounded enough by the coaches and the the players are mature. It's still just really difficult to win in the road on the road in the Big Ten. So I'd probably uh, lay the. I think Iowa wins. I think Nebraska could cover, but it's going to be one of those nail biters, Elijah. Nebraska's going to win. Are you serious? <laughs> okay. Iowa. I know Carver Hawkeye's a, a tough place to go play, but Iowa is not good this year. I'm not sure how many Iowa basketball fans you know. I know a couple. They Same. don't like watching Iowa this year. Iowa is a brutal watch. On the road next week, that, that worries me a little bit more. But Iowa tonight, it, I think that if there's any road game that Nebraska should be out getting, if you want to be an NCAA tournament team, it's Iowa. They're not very good this year. That's no offense to Iowa. I, I've – Great respect for what Fran McCaffrey has built there, but this is a building year for Iowa. They're not the team that they have been for the past couple of seasons. Nebraska has the advantage on paper to me. The wild card is just how how tough is it to go play at Carver Hawkeye tonight, but I know it's been snowing in Iowa City too. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not uh, as as bad of a uh, a uh, an away venue as Carver Hawkeye has been in recent years. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not as full as it usually is because the of that light. snow. I think the 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 factors are coming together in Nebraska's favor in terms of going on the road and getting a road victory in the big town, which is a difficult thing to do tonight. Guys. Yeah. We'll see how it shakes out. Big night, uh, V Iowa, Husker wrestling, Husker basketball, and a uh, little free agent talk. And we got things kicked off with some food, snow day food options. So, uh, head over to Jabba's tonight for some tacos, I guess is what I'll say. Yeah, right. And 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 enjoy yourself. Jabba Chable and Husker Standout will get into some Husker baseball as the season's just around the corner. Next episode, Jabba be good. We'll check in down the road and stay uh, safe and warm, all right? I'm not going anywhere, so I got my jammies on and we're good to go. Elijah will talk soon. Chris Schmidt, Triple Play Podcast, heard at Sports and at Triple Play Pod. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. We'll talk to you next time with the Triple Play Podcast on Heard at.